0: In this episode, I continue talking to Sophia, and while part two, published yesterday, focuses on how to regain control through mentorship, which sounds like vague and unhelpful probably, but in my view, what we discussed is revolutionary and quite helpful. This part focuses on how having a toxic home life affects you, and on a somewhat ironic way to escape it Family and how having those toxic relationships in your family, or coming from a culture where there's a very survivalist approach, someone saying, like, you know, I traveled this far worked for this law, came from this country, left this regime to come to America, like, of course, I want you to become a doctor and make six figures. Like, I don't want you to become a graphic designer, even though I see you're better at graphic design and more passionate about that than, like, medicine, right? It's this very survivalist approach. And I feel like there's this role of trauma in that. There's a chance that they're fleeing or trying to recover from some sort of traumatic experience. Sometimes when you have those experiences, you become a new identity to some extent such that you don't operate at a at a more multi-dimensional level of being right like you're very narrow-minded about how you have to exist and how you have to operate and then you pass it out down to your children and then they become very narrow-minded and survivalist and competitive and like mm-hmm. scarcity mindset oh i can't share this with you like i need to succeed i'm wondering what do you think the role of trauma and toxicity toxic relationships what do you think the role of these things are in the loneliness epidemic in women and men feeling lonely especially at this age
1: awesome okay Hi, my name is Sophia Huck, and I am so excited to be on Amina's podcast. I'm the founder of Muslim Women Professionals, also known as MWP. It is based in Southern California, and we are an organization that strives to educate, empower, and uplift a global network of Muslim women through so many resources, including our monthly newsletter, our social media, and our in-person events that we hold, usually on a monthly basis, all across the country. I am also the ambassador and representative for Orange County and Los Angeles County for the United States of Women, also known as USOW. USOW is an organization that was started under the Obama administration to, pro- to promote gender equity across the United States. Uh, we advocate for all th- these different causes related to gender inequality, such as the gender pay gap and more representation and diversity and inclusion in across all industries. Aside from that, I am also a Forte Foundation alumni. I participated in the Forte MBA Launcher program and graduated from in 2018. I'm also Riordan MBA fellow alum, graduated from in 2018. I'm also lead experiential learning educator at Pathways Travels, which is a nonprofit organization that empowers at-risk youth through different trips, whether it be focused on diversity, inclusion, leadership, or even college trips that help them learn more about different institutions across the United States and how to ultimately navigate the college application process. I think that... It affects us way more than people think it does. I mean, call me crazy, but your home is supposed to be like your haven. You have a lot of parents who left these really horrible circumstances to create a better life here, right? I do think that in a lot of ways, there's a lot of underlying toxicity. In seeing it with a lot of my students, in seeing it with some of my friends, like in their parents, it's just been like, it is like, it can literally make or break you. It really, really can. Because your parents should be the ones that love you like unconditionally and who want the best for you. Um, And I think the unfortunate part is that like we have, because of all the things that we're dealing with, our parents don't know how to react to them. And I think a lot of them were not brought up prioritizing mental health so like for example they're the first in their family to get an education they want to go to college and they have parents who are literally telling them like you're you're disgusting you're this you're that like you're you're never going to get into a good college like like you think you will you never will it's horrible right the things that you hear and unfortunately when your parents talk to you in that way, you believe them because you prioritize them. Like, you put them on a pedestal. So, when your parents, who again are supposed to love you unconditionally, are out here telling you that, like, you will never be successful, or out here telling you that, like, if you're not a doctor, like, don't bother living in this house, or, you know, you need to marry this type of person. And if you don't marry that type of person, you're dead to me type of thing that to me is like the most toxic behavior i think it's actually so disgusting and so unhealthy the way that i hope to approach like parenthood is very much on this like unconditional love like hugging my daughters but also hugging my sons because there's nothing wrong with the hug kissing my daughters but yes kissing my sons like showing a Affection. and I think that it's these things that are cultural because again We tend to mix culture with religion sometimes and then use religion to justify cultural things A lot of people that I've spoken to were brought up in environments where there was verbal abuse But they didn't know it was verbal abuse because they didn't see other families So they thought that that was normal. So then what happens they become verbally abusive without realizing it you become a product of of your environment and I think that that's what people don't realize and they, they don't believe it and I think that in our co- communities we don't have these discussions enough and yes alhamdulillah we have organizations now that are like focusing on mental health and mental wellness and good behavior versus bad behavior and what does it mean to be in a toxic relationship versus like you know a healthy relationship and things like that and I think that that's the hardest thing to navigate for so many people that I talk to is how do I, how do I love my parents but then I hate them all at the same time? How do I love them, but then I resent them all at the same time? Because they didn't show me what a healthy relationship was like. For our parents, a lot of them grew up in those circumstances, in those environments too. Or maybe they did not have an escape, or they didn't know right from wrong. And I think that, again, our generation has such a huge responsibility to break those toxic behaviors. Like, you yell at your wife, and you yell at your husband, and you say bad words, and that's just that. And it's like, no, that's not belittling each other. With is normal no it's not and so i think that we have a responsibility to really make sure that we are holding each other accountable i think that when it comes to even the way that we raise our sons versus our daughters raising them with the same expectations like like i i ran into a student i ran into like one of my students who actually happens to be muslim and he was like you know my sister's curfew is maghrib, and my curfew is one a.m. And I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "What?" What is that? And I was cracking up. I was like, "Bro, are you kidding me?" Right <laughs> are now? you he just scared? like, "Yeah?" He's like, "Actually, I don't really have a curfew," you know. And I was like, "Goodness gracious!" Wow. I think because like I grew up in a family where it was like three girls and one boy. Like, the, as girls, we just weren't very much like outspoken and we were like I was like I'm not coming home like I would literally tell my mom be like, 8 o'clock I was like the football game starts at 8 o'clock so 10 o'clock like you know what I mean you guys are all equal in that sense and I think unfortunately like people don't realize that like that starts at a very young age when you see that your brother is being treated differently just because he's a boy and you're a girl like you will resent your family for it and I feel like earlier that we're able to realize like hey just treating my son and daughter with the same expectations is going to teach them what it means to ultimately promote gender equity but also what it means to like actually have like a healthy relationship with my children by letting them know one isn't better than the other right favoritism it's showing them as well like what it means to be um, united be allies to one another but I think that what I really, really, really hope happens more so is just having men and women as allies at a very young age too. Because I think when you teach a man that he has the right to do certain things that are, whether that be like abuse or whatever the case may be, like, it's so dangerous. It really is. It's so dangerous. And for women as well, it's just like you allow that behavior because you're taught at a young age that that's okay. And the minute that we tell women that it's okay to deal with toxic behavior and abuse and things like that, the damage is going to be done in a way that is so hard to reverse it. You know what I mean? And so I think that the earlier that we're able to really shape men and women to be allies in that sense is so important. And I also think that that stems from this notion culturally that men and women like should not be in the same environment. And unfortunately... I'm going to be honest, I think that a lot of the times we don't trust... we don't trust like our kids and our like community sometimes to be in those spaces together because we're constantly bringing up like relationships and like all these things. And the truth is, is that a guy and a girl can be friends. They can be friends. I get it. You're trying to protect people, but I think that we need to be environments where like we allow that those like collaborative discussions in a very respectful way. And we had Batuli Kamara, who is actually a basketball player for UConn um, and who has played for the Guinea guinean international team as well we asked her how do you think how do you think the muslim community can be a better ally to the black community and she said they can do so by advocating for those of color by just getting to know them if we want to create whole communities we do so through relationship building and i thought that that was so profound because it's so true like how is a guy going to know what i'm facing if i don't if i can't have a conversation with him about it and if we're able to like have those discussions and teach kids at a young age that, like, you talking to a girl is not haram. You know what I mean? In a certain way, in the sense of, like, you talking to a girl is not haram when you guys are talking about the struggles that she's dealing with, like, in in school or in education or because she's wearing hijab, she's dealing with certain obstacles. Like, you, like, a guy listening to that and being able to understand that is very profound because it's, like, wow, like, now he can be an ally to her. But again, what I do see is that a lot of men, they don't know how to recognize their privilege because, as there is a quote, it's like, when you've had privilege for such a long time, equity or equality can feel like oppression. And so a lot of them feel like oppressed.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting point because you know when i think of what you said earlier about toxicity in the home right like in that fundamental like place where relationships are first formed it's it's interesting because then if you're someone who is the recipient of this toxicity and your parents or your family members, they may not know better because maybe they're immigrants. They come from a place where there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of oppression. And so they've internalized that and they project that back (laughs) onto other people, that toxicity. And so then you're the recipient of that toxicity. And it's like, you may feel this sense of self-preservation like, Oh, I can't connect with people. I can't form strong bonds, networks, networks, relationships, allyships. I can't do that because it's, like, this survivalist outlook. Like, I have to focus on myself. I have to be um, individualistic at the expense of forming those new relationships. But it's, like, by doing that, you're depriving yourself of this opportunity to heal through other people, right? Like, I think people underestimate the power of other people helping you to heal, helping you to recover from toxicity and trauma even though that toxicity and trauma may come from other people it's like you have to take the risk and i guess hope is a risk right like you have to be hopeful that like Mm -hmm. forming um bonds with your community with other people is not going to result in the same negative consequences as those from your bonds with your family members or those closest to you Other people forming that fabric of community, it's like you guys are providing the oxygen that people need to breathe, right? People are sometimes very myopic and they think like, oh, literal oxygen is the oxygen I need to survive. But it's like, no, there are other forms, other requirements to be like Mm -hmm. uh, a thriving person or even just a surviving person that go beyond what is apparent, that go beyond what is visible to your eye. I think I heard Kyle Newport say, our ancestors. They weren't stronger or faster or more physically capable than their environment, the lions or whatever, you know, animals are in their environment. It was their ability to cooperate that made them superheroes, right? Like that made them more able to compete than other groups of organisms. And so I feel like organizations like MWP, This Podcast, give you like different organizations that do this, it's like they're recognizing the power of human interaction for professional success but also like our own personal well-being and mental health
1: absolutely and I think that what we realize you know even in talking today is that like these spaces are so necessary especially at a young age support each other even if you're not like close to each other like proximity wise I think that goes back to the whole quality over quantity thing where like I I realize I can't be everywhere at once I realize that FOMO was a thing a lot like, you know, when I was younger, you as an individual need to grow, right? Like you, you are not going to become your most authentic self in those spaces. Sometimes I I can't control what other people do. I can only control myself. That's where we need to just be like more mindful of the people that we have around us. Um And because again, like the people that we have around us have a huge influence on who we are. I've seen that like, when I'm around people who complain a lot, I start to complain a lot when I'm around people who, are really motivated, I become even more motivated. And I think that that's really powerful. Everyone has their good and bad days, right? But I think it's just about surrounding yourself with people who who really align with what you're trying to achieve and really align with your character too.
0: No, I think that's so profound. And I, I
1: think it's because it's a very different friend group. For us, we're very solution-oriented. Like, we become very solution-oriented. We haven't always been that way, but we become very solution-oriented. And so now we're just like, it's like, why are you gonna put yourself in an environment Where you're surrounded by people who talk such, like, who talk trash about others, don't you think they're talking the same thing about you? Like, but really, you know what I mean? They ruined your day yesterday because of what they were saying. And now you woke up today and you're still thinking about it because it definitely affected you. Are you giving those people too much of your time? Because time really is energy.
0: No, I mean, that makes, like, so much sense, what you're saying, because even having a difficult relationship with someone. Research shows that can raise your blood pressure. Can you imagine? And then, so ima- imagine if you sustain that relationship over years of your life just because they're a family friend or whatever right. justification. Like the cumulative effect of that on your physical health, not even just your mental health, your physical health. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine the development of disease that could just be engendered from not having cut off those toxic relationships?
1: But isn't that crazy? Like, how we were talking about that earlier, too? How, like, when, we, when you grow up in certain environments, you think that that's okay. So then like actually you you like that stuff because it actually, like it gives you like, yeah, like think about it. Like if your mom, like no offense, but like if somebody's mom is caught up in the drama, like if she's that auntie at a party who's like always like trying to know about everyone's stuff. Like you, if you see that and you think it's okay, You're going to become that person and not realize how problematic it actually is. That's the life you're living. Like, I don't want it.
0: What do you think is a way or what do you think are the ways that people who are from, you know, existing and fractured communities fractured relationships or they don't even have a community they don't even have relationships like how do you think we can begin to solve this because they're saying millennials they're saying we're the loneliest society now like in human history in the anthropocene like this is the loneliest society that has ever existed so i guess i'm wondering you're very solution oriented what do you think we can do to combat this
1: People ask you like, are you stressed? Are you depressed? But people don't ask like, are you lonely? Especially for the older generation. And then obviously, I just think that unique coverage from like a media standpoint. For example, the Native American community deals with loneliness in a very unique way because of the fact that they've been displaced so many times, right? Because of the fact that their communities are very unfortunately isolated. There's very little of them left. So tailoring resources to these to the unique needs of these communities. and I think that more research is just needed to understand our, our experiences with depression and isolation and loneliness and like what are the factors that go into it. Having events that are, again, tailored to different age groups even, you know, and, and are able to have these discussions in a way that are very interactive and also that take into consideration things like death. Like we have so many women who are widows and we have a lot of men who are as well so it's like like what how do people approach loneliness from that perspective and how do they overcome it and so I I just think that this is a topic that for sure is going to continue to become more mainstream because so many people are affected by it. Back to the students who are between 18 and 22, I think that having college prep resources that are free so that way all students not just the students who are wealthy can take advantage of them is going to be really beneficial to help these students transition into colleges and to be able to balance things a little bit better and, and also to help them continue to have accessible resources because i know for myself that i you know in dealing with like my dad's passing in my last year at ucla i was very very lonely in few months and so I was scared to start therapy but fortunately my therapy was paid for by the school and so if I didn't have access to that I don't know if I would have been able to do it and I know a lot of students just feel like I'm already in debt or just don't have enough money like how am I going to be able to do this and so I think it's just really important to make sure that access is the most important thing in these these situations for all um, communities.
0: Yeah, that's completely true. And I feel like it's interesting because it, it speaks back to this idea of hope and being optimistic that by, you know, believing that we can band together to help one another, you know, find resources or heal or just connect, right? Like just share information and, you know, stories that can be profoundly palliative it can even be its own medication just thinking of a supportive relationship reduces cardiovascular stress endocrine related stress just thinking of someone supportive can have a physiological effect on your body so imagine forming these communities you know And then I feel like it even is interesting because the fact that this issue is also prevalent in older populations or can be prevalent also in older populations, it it speaks to this idea that loneliness is really a universal human issue, right? Like it's a human need, desire to want to connect to a positive person. People who blame the younger generation, our loneliness or our fracturedness on social media They're not seeing that this problem of loneliness existed before the technological boom. Like it doesn't have to do exclusively with social media. Obviously like that can exacerbate it and make it worse. Like it's a universal human problem that needs to be addressed. Did you know that at one point, if not still, 98 million adolescent girls were not in school and in the community of black girls like myself, research demonstrates that we are more likely to be over-disciplined for the same exact offense. In support of this, there's this gorgeous meditation for Black girls that would be powerful for anyone. And here's a clip. It was created by a Grammy-nominated music artist, who worked with Common by Evelyn of the Internet, whose work was once used by Beyonce, and by the meditative artist Lauren Ash. If you enjoy, swipe up to listen to the full 10-minute meditation, and to follow them, myself and my guest, Sophia, on Instagram.
2: breath again, once more in through your nose, and release gently out through your mouth. Feel yourself in this moment, alive, aware, and surrounded by love. And know that as you move throughout the rest of your day and the rest of this week, the rest of this month, the rest of this year, the rest of this decade, the rest of your life, that you are love and you are protected and you are amazing as you are right now.